Good day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to Series 10 of This Week in Startups Australia. In Series 10, Twista has a singular focus. We are identifying and sharing the stories of Australia's world-changing startups. The startups that when they go from zero to one, really do change the world. And not just the startups. The founders, the investors. Australia is stepping up with some of our brightest sparks working hard to change the world. So come along the journey as we shine a bright light on another of Australia's world-changing startups. They come from fields as diverse as agriculture, housing, energy, and more. These startups at scale will truly change the world. Now, who's next up? Well, you'll have to listen to find out on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by Zendesk. Zendesk helps startups build lasting customer experiences from the ground up with the Zendesk for Startups program. Learn more at zendesk.com slash twista. This Week in Startups Australia is also sponsored by Our Crowd. Our Crowd finds companies with the greatest growth potential and brings them to you. They believe in their deals and invest in them too. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at ourcrowd.com slash twista. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by User Testing. With User Testing, you'll understand it from your customer's perspective. Get real-time feedback real fast. Put yourself in your customer's shoes. Visit usertesting.com slash twista for a free trial. User Testing, real human insight. World-changing. It's quite a word. It's a lot to live up to. It means more than one thing. It can be about a great scientific discovery. That's incredibly important. Perhaps an amazing technical breakthrough. Also really important. This world-changing startup this week, it has both of these. And if it works at scale, it will change the way we live. Now, as we go through this list of Australia's world-changing startups, I want to come back to the four key metrics we identified as hallmarks in these startups. Metric one an idea that actually makes the world better. Metric two, it is within the realm of scientific and technical achievability. Metric three, it is economically rational, and that means there's a business model. Metric four, there's manageable execution risk. Now, that's the filter through which we will be viewing each of these world-changing startups. And so the second startup on this list, it's new, it's small, it's very important. The company is Future Feed. It has a global mission to radically reduce the amount of greenhouse gases generated by ruminants. Those are cattle and sheep who use bacteria in their stomachs to digest the grass that they eat. Ruminants belch and fart a lot of methane. A lot of methane. Billions of tons globally. And methane is a very potent greenhouse gas, far more so than carbon dioxide. So we really need to get control of the amount of methane generated by ruminants which is what Future Feed is working toward. So we spoke to founder Rob Kinley last year, and he explained the basics to us. Well, I'll start with the question. You know, the, in, in the ruminant stomach where methane is produced, that, that's a result 
of a microbial consortium that turns fibrous foodstuffs like grass and, and other feeds into utilizable energy products for the animal. So methane is a waste product in that, but it's not actually the bacteria that digest the fiber that produce the methane. So they produce nutrients that are used by these methanogens that utilize carbon dioxide and hydrogen in a reductive process for their own energy needs. So it's a bit of a handshake there. And then they produce methane as a waste product. And so it, it's a, a multiple effort. But that actual production of methane isn't necessary for the animal. It's, it's a byproduct of the most ancient organism on the planet, which are these archaea that produce methane. And those, those bugs are also found in riverbeds, muds, manure pits, you name it. Wherever there's no oxygen, you'll find them. All right, so that's point one. There is a truly world-changing need. We're going to heat ourselves to boiling with methane generated by all the ruminants, all those cattle and sheep. And as we learned last week from talking to Nick Hazel, the world is actually trying to eat a lot more meat. Some of that will come from plant-based substitutes. Some of that's going to come from raising more cattle and sheep. And all of that creates more methane, all of that heating us up. But there's a potential solution. So on to the second test here. Is it technically doable. And here's Rob again. Well, my beginnings in this story do go back to Canada and with a forward-thinking farmer who had some coastal property. So there was seaweed that would roll up on the beach there and they would access that for their animals. And they noticed over a, a good long time that the animals that were getting seaweed were just better producers so you get a little more milk out of them, and you get um, what he called rip-roaring heats. So their reproductive success was much greater. Now, if you don't think that's important, think of the fact that no calf, no milk. So that's very important. But they also noticed that there was very little um, or a much lower incidence of mastitis, which is an infection of the udder. So there was a bit of an immune response there. And, and he said they were just better handled animals. They were just more docile, easier to manage. So he noticed a big difference when he started supplying the seaweed to the rest of his animals, and they very quickly caught up. So that brought him a light bulb moment where he decided to sell his farm, sell his quota, and sell seaweed instead so that everybody could get it because he saw a value proposition there. So... But in order to do that in Canada, and similar with, with most countries, you had to get approval in order to sell anything into the livestock feed market. So he called upon myself uh, and Alan Ferdine at Dalhousie University, where we went to work to show that the seaweed uh, was good for the animals. And not because he needed to know this, but because I could, I measured methane emissions while I was doing those tests. And lo and behold, there was close to 20% reduction in methane production when the seaweed was present in the diet. 
That was my light bulb moment. 20% back in those days, around 2006, a 20% reduction was huge. So I figured, well, what if we could find a seaweed that could do better than that? And that's when my global search started. And that's what brought me all the way to Australia via a little bounce off the Netherlands where I worked on probiotics for a little while. I came down to join some forward-thinking scientists who knew a lot about seaweeds and had the ends to some funding to do a little research in that department. So we took all of the seaweeds categories, the reds, green, the reds, greens, browns, and even freshwater macroalgae, and sort of made a wide selection of the types of chemistry that they represent. And we got some candidates from those and produced a screening step that showed us that at the dose level or at the inclusion level that we were using provided a pretty universal reduction in emissions, but we were using quite a high level. So the next step was to take the best candidates and reduce that, that level down to very low levels, around 1%. So in those candidates, we lost the benefit from all but one. So methane emissions continued at 1% for this asparagopsis seaweed. But when I first saw that, I thought that we had messed it up because I couldn't see any methane at all. It wasn't just reduced. It was completely gone. So I said, okay, there's a mistake here. The, 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 we had a leak. The instrument was broken. The needle, the valve, something went wrong. So I did it over again. And even on the second time, I didn't believe it because it, it was thought to be unheard of that you could take methane out completely without killing the system. But uh, on the third time, that's what brings us to be talking today. I was convinced on the third one, and then we expanded into larger and larger trials. So those first ones were all laboratory-based. Then we started into animals, started with sheep. We're seeing massive reductions there, even though they weren't consuming all the seaweed. So that's when I found out something that was the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen is that it actually works better in animals than it does in the lab. And that's virtually unheard of in ruminant science. Usually it works better in a lab in these little closed systems where nothing can escape, but the animals, it worked very well. And so then it was just a, a stepwise process through proof of concepts in um, the livestock industry and now we're commercializing. Okay, Rob Kinley has identified a world-changing need and a solution. When we return, we'll take a look at how Rob is commercializing his world-changing idea. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. The fastest growing companies have great products and great customer service. You build the great product and Zendesk will help you build a great customer experience that makes your customers come back, just like Jason Calacanis. Jason has a very public obsession with amazing customer service and relies on Zendesk for his launch syndicate. 
Jason's limited partners use Zendesk to reach out to him about each of his deals. Zendesk also handles inbound inquiries from startups looking for investors. Zendesk helps Jason provide the kind of customer service he demands. Apply for the Zendesk for Startups program to get their industry-leading customer service software free for six months. You'll also get access to Zendesk's community of startup founders and partners, plus dedicated onboarding guidance and support. Zendesk has everything you need to deliver the amazing customer experiences that will make your product a success. To learn more about Zendesk for Startups, visit Zendesk.com slash Twista. Welcome back to This Week in Startups Australia. We're doing a deep dive into our second world-changing startup, Future Feed, and we're hearing from founder and CEO Rob Kinley about what it will take to produce a revolution in cattle feed. There's need and there's a technological pathway, but does it scale? Yeah, well, supply of seaweed is certainly the main barrier at the moment, but you need to consider that Future Feed is not a producer of seaweed. So... We're, we're commercializing the product now, and, and it was CSIRO in, in concert with James Cook University and Meat and Livestock Australia, with myself at the helm, that we developed the discovery into a usable product. But mass scale product availability is the responsibility of those producers of seaweed that are coming online. So right now we're using all of the systems of production. So we have still, and what will likely continue to be at least a partial supply mechanism is harvesting it wild. So you go to areas where it grows naturally in large, in abundance and collect it wild. And that's a benefit to those areas, particularly near the reefs where the seaweed can actually smother the reef to some degree. So it's actually beneficial in order to do that. And but it grows back very quickly. So that can be a bit of a cycle. But it's labor intensive to do that. And your quality control is reduced so that you get what nature provides you, not what you're controlling. The same as any other crop. When it was first begun to be farmed, I think virtually every crop that's growing now is much more efficient than it was when it started produces more per hectare, all those things. So we can also grow it in land-based culture. So doing it in raceway ponds, tanks, those kinds of things, it's a little more difficult. And perhaps the capital investment is a little heavier up front to get going at that. But if you consider what I'm about to say relative to the ocean farming, because ocean farming is probably going to be the supplier of the vast percentage of the biomass that we'll obtain. But wherever you grow this seaweed, you can clean the water. So the seaweed itself will scrub the nutrient from the water in its own growth. So in areas around finfish farms or shellfish farms or the effluent end of land-based culture like the prawn industry, all those excess nutrients can now become a secondary income while you're cleaning the water. So that comes back to my favorite slogan that 
growing the seaweed, scrubs and cleans the water, reduces ocean acidity, and can use local labor and even very beneficial to new economies around Aboriginal land holdings um, and, and water holdings, and then can be used as a very dramatic reducer of emissions from the red meat and dairy industries, help both helping the image, but also greatly reducing agriculture's contribution to greenhouse gas inventories that reflect directly into climate change. Okay, so it actually turns out that growing the seaweed to feed the cattle to make them belch less methane, that is actually good for the planet. So that's half of the business case. Can you get that seaweed into cattle feed? Here's Rob again. So we freeze dry. We just take raw seaweed, give it a rinse in seawater, freeze dry it, and crumble it into a powder and mix it directly into the feed. But you see a problem right away with that statement. We're mixing it into the feed, which means that the animals have to be getting a formulated feed. That's what's common in feedlots. Well, it's exclusive to feedlots. That's where you get animals on a full TMR. In North America, there's heaps of dairy animals on TMR. TMR is a total mixed ration formulated by the producer to supply the needs of the animals based on the bulk of the feed. So you look at the feed, see what's in there, and then you add what's missing to bring it up to be optimal in terms of nutrient requirements for the vast amount of production you're expecting from some of these huge producing dairy cattle that are producing up to and then occasionally exceeding 40 liters a day. So the seaweed just sort of slips in there in those TMRs. And if, if you got something sticky like molasses to make it adhere to the feed even better, then you have a perfect system, the low-hanging fruit. But then the next, the next group you would hit would be supplemented animals, animals that get a supplement throughout the day. A good example of that would be Australian dairy systems, where while they're in or near the barn for milking, they're getting a supplemented material to improve their productivity. And there's an opportunity to mix it in with that as well. Although it's a much lower level, you're getting a, um, a much lower level or lower proportion of the feed than a TMR would be. So they're not getting it throughout the day. You're still able to get it to them uh, in two shots a day. And uh, we'll be um, looking closely at how that might affect the effectiveness of the seaweed. Okay. Can you get the seaweed into the cattle? Yes. Under the right circumstances. Dairies, they're clearly going to be some of the first kinds of businesses that will benefit. So this clearly will work. There's a tick there now for economic rationality. Now, what about execution risk? Well, we'll hear about that with Rob when we return. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. All around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors. Our crowd analyzes companies from across the global private market, including Australia, where startups brought in a record $4.2 billion in investments. Our crowd identifies those companies with the greatest growth potential, then brings them to you. 
from personalized medicine to cybersecurity to robotics, quantum computing, and more. Our crowd identifies innovators so that you can invest when growth potential is greatest early. Our crowd is the fastest growing venture capital investment community. Sophisticated investors have already invested over $2 billion in growing tech companies, and our crowd has skin in the game. They invest in their portfolio companies and use their extensive networks to help those startups succeed. As a sophisticated investor, you can truly diversify your portfolio with early investments in innovative private market companies at OurCrowd. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at OurCrowd.com slash Twista. Individual results may vary. There's no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. Invest wisely. Welcome back to This Week in Startups Australia. We've identified the second of our world-changing startups. This is Future Feed. And founder and CEO Rob Kinley discovered a seaweed that drove cattle emissions of methane to zero, which he wasn't expecting. He's now working hard to bring that to cattle everywhere. That is easy when cattle are, say, in a dairy being milked and they're eating feed. But when cattle are grazing out on the range, that is a different sort of problem. And that's one that's going to take substantially different approach. Here's Rob. We've really nailed it in feedlots and we're getting more evidence around supplemented animals. But now we to crack that nut, the hardest system to get into, which represents many more animals in Australia than on feedlots and dairies, probably about 10 times as much, about 90% of the animals of the, of the ruminant livestock in Australia are out on those big paddocks the size of small countries up in, in North Queensland in the Northern Territories. So how to get a supplement to them is a problem for any supplement. So once we devise a way of doing that, I'm sure there'll be some piggybacking with other nutrients to help improve that system so that you're getting more product for the actual emissions that you are creating. That's the intensity way of measuring it. So methane is measured in several different ways. One is just amount of emissions per day per animal. The other is amount of emissions per kilogram of intake per kilogram of feet. And then there's intensity, which is the amount of emissions per kilogram of product, which could be either milk or, or meat or wool. You see how that system works. So. We're really looking forward to getting there. That's where we're going to make the biggest difference in Australia. It's not necessarily the case in North America, in the colder regions where TMR is very prevalent, but we're working to get into all of those. So seaweed producers around the world, they're coming on board. They see value in it. They see um, reasoning around climate change to do it. So there you have it right there. There is the execution risk. And it's an execution risk that is much larger in Australia where animals grave on these massive paddocks of pasture land than, say, in North America where there's a lot of cattle in feedlots. Yet there are clearly winds here and over there in North America. And the seaweed producers are coming on board. And even if future feed doesn't solve the problem for every ruminant everywhere, it solves enough of the problem, enough of the time, 
to make a big difference in global greenhouse gas emissions. And it makes the animals healthier and happier and makes the oceans healthier and happier. We'll watch Rob to see what happens as he takes future feed to scale. If it gets going globally, his startup will truly change the world. We'll be right back. Experience what your customer experiences with user testing. Whether you're launching a new product, prototype, or marketing campaign, you'll get video feedback straight from the people you want to reach most. The user testing human insight platform lets you understand it all from their perspective, and it allows you to target your exact audience, ask any question, or request to perform tasks, and most valuably get a window into their world, unlike focus groups which can take weeks or even months to deliver results. With user testing, you get to see real reactions and hear real opinions really fast, in real time, at the speed business demands. Very quickly, you get insights into what's working and what's not, so you can adjust your message, refine your UI, and understand exactly how people are responding to and interacting with your product, service, or brand. The result? You feel what your customer feels, so you can build the best experience imaginable. For a free trial, visit usertesting.com slash twista. User testing, real human insight. Big thanks to Twista sponsors Zendesk, Our Crowd, and User Testing. Thanks to Rob Kinley for coming on to our show. This show was written and produced by Mark Pesci and beautifully mixed by Luke Station. Come visit our website at thisweekinstartups.au. It's got everything. It's got all the shows, all the interviews, all the photos, all the links to all the stories. So check it out at thisweekinstartups.au. Next week, we'll take a look at even more of Australia's world-changing startups. Who's next? You'll have to listen to find out. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening. <laughs>